Welcome everyone to Points of Connection on our final episode of season one. Throughout our time together, we've tried to figure out how to hold two things that don't seem to go together in the context of faith. And after this journey together of having these great conversations, we end with this, goodbye. How do we say goodbye well to something that has given us great grace? That's what we're talking about today. Two things that don't seem to go together held in the context of faith. This is Points of Connection. When when have you had to say goodbye? When I think of the last time I said goodbye, I um, I used to live in Spokane, Washington, and I lived there for seven years, two as an undergrad, six years, two as an undergrad, four as uh, my first job as campus minister. And um, that time in Spokane was a lot, the, the years after college were, was a time where I probably grew the most in my life and I made probably the most mistakes and people were kind enough to walk with me in it. And I remember um, dreading, oh my God, when I say bye, it is going to be so difficult, it's going to be so hard. And I said goodbye to all my friends and I got in the car and all the people who have mentored me and I got in the car and I was driving out and I had this image in my head of when I would leave Spokane, I would look at the rearview mirror and see the skyline behind me and be like, oh my God, so nostalgic. And it wasn't. I like drove off and like I had the highway in front of me. I was headed to grad school and it was just like, that was a good bye. Like it wasn't hard. It wasn't like tragic. It wasn't. Uh, I didn't leave anything behind. It was just, it was over. Um, and I I expected it to be like way harder. I, I, I Honestly, I don't know what, what allowed this to be, but like I was driving in the car and I was just like, this is only gratitude. I'm only grateful from that experience. Um, I don't know. That's the last time I said goodbye to something. You? The thing that kind of got me thinking about this and, and thinking about this topic for, for our last episode was, uh, kind of like my first full-time job as a parish music director. Mm. We were living in New York City, and we lived there for about three years. And my wife and I, we got married, and, you know, our first apartment was in New York City and Queens. And kind of by all this crazy happenstance or providence, I just stumbled into this parish music director job. This pastor, he was a new pastor. He had worked his whole career in the marriage tribunal for the Archdiocese of New York City. And so he, That's a heavy word. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> um, and so you can imagine the things that the guy must have seen, right? Yeah. And now, you know, he he was given this opportunity to uh, to be a pastor of a little parish in Mount Vernon, New York. So it's, you know, 20 minutes north of Manhattan. And, and he was looking for a new music director. He kind of hired me on the spot. And it was funny because I think neither of us really knew what we were doing. And I, I hope if for some reason he stumbles across this, he'll take that with grace. But um, I can especially speak for myself that I had no idea what I was doing. And so, you know, all, all of the things that you would expect happened, you know, we worked through all of our problems and all the conversations about liturgy and about music and this staff member and that cantor and, uh, and we made it through and, and, and he was for the most part really supportive of, of me and during that time, I started to realize that I wanted to go to grad school for sacred music so I could learn more about it. And so I went through the whole process of applying and, you know, got accepted to Notre Dame. And, and he was like, the time came that I needed to let him know, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to be moving on. 
And I remember the conversation where I told him that and he looked at me like I had betrayed him or something, you know, like, why would you do this? You know, but on, on the same, on the other side of the coin, he was like, you know, congratulations, this is great. And, um, but his first question was, what am I going to do? You know? And so I remember talking to a good friend during that time and, and he was like, you know, helping me get through the process. And he's like, you know, you got to understand now, like you guys are both going to try to blow this thing up. Right. Because, uh, it's hard to say goodbye and it's hard to let go of something that's worked. And so you're going to notice these little urges that, uh, where you want to get into that argument or you want to write the person off. And the challenge during all of this is just to kind of be together and help it end well, you know, finish the job that you both started. And so I remember this really well because it was basically like a three month period and every conversation sort of had this same trajectory where we're coming in and you could see it in both of our eyes probably that it's like, well, if this conversation doesn't go well, I'll just cut it here. Right. You're, you're leaving anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we kind of, we just kept working through it and that the issue itself never came to the forefront, but I had kind of, I consistently had it in the back of my mind that like, this is probably pretty fraught and I'm just grateful for the advice that I got, which was to, to stick through and know that there's this kind of weird uh, urge to, to ruin something when you know that you have to say goodbye. And I remember the last day that I worked and I went to go meet him and, you know, for our last meeting and he's like, let's go get some gelato. (laughs) (laughs) He takes me up to this ice cream shop and we have a great little chat and he's just, you know, said all kinds of kind words to me and, and, and I said the same and, you know, we kind of fell off after a while, but for, for several years, probably four or five years, we'd catch up once a year and just kind of chat and, um, and he'd be like, I still don't know why you left and you know, say things like that. <laughs> but it was this really wonderful experience where I got the opportunity to finish something well. And uh, it's incredible how much of a difference that makes when we're moving on to, to, a, to the next stage or to another step to be able to look back and know that we, we kind of pushed through the difficulty to, yeah, to say goodbye peacefully. Mm. I think that's the strange thing about, uh, I think that's what goodbyes bring up. It brings up an awareness of in the midst of you just living your life and like getting this job as a choir director or whatever it might be that we've, we've somehow been duped to love really authentically. And so Mm -hmm. it really only comes up when you have to say goodbye, like, Oh crap. Like I thought I was just living my life and here I am unconsciously loving and it right. gets super vulnerable when you say goodbye because it's just like, oh, I didn't realize you felt that about me because like right. we're just living our life. But in, in essence, so much love was shared, so much goodness, and even in the difficulty, so much was shared vulnerably, unconsciously. And the yeah. goodbye makes it makes you aware of, oh, that was shared between us. I didn't realize. It was kind of like, uh, yeah, you just don't realize relationships and how deep they go until you have to say goodbye to them. Right. And all those, you know, all of the all of the dumb things that came up that at least for me, I didn't have perspective on, on the, at the time, all of a sudden meant something. And it was like, wait a second, you're telling me that 
all through this time, this has been meaningful, even <laughs> though, you know, like all of my reductionist mentalities are, are in full force, right? Like I'm just doing this to make money or I'm just doing this to get experience or whatever. All of those things, when it's time to say goodbye, kind of get pushed to the side. And it's like, oh, we were actually just being together as two people. And this was the context that we were working in. But it, it, it's it's like kind of being smashed over the head with like an incredible gift, you know, because it's like it it ruins everything in a way. But when but the thing that ruined everything, you can't look away from because of how honored you are to have received it. That life and love was happening, whether you recognize it or not. Yeah. Mm. I had a terrible experience in grad school. Uh, the I really hope they don't hear this. <laughs> I had a terrible experience in grad school with, with my graduate assistantship. And it was a year of just slogging and just like, uh, it was just terrible. And when I had to say goodbye to it, it was the first time. I, uh, so throughout that whole conflict, I'm like pissed off with supervisors and just like, this is not how it's supposed to be. And like re- really deep questions of resentment. And then when it was time to say goodbye, it was the first time I was like, my life wasn't on, on pause when I was doing that. Those were real people. They had families. They had. They had. They went home after work. Like goodbyes show a bigger picture that you might not have seen in your obsession at the time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like it, it shows, like Absolutely. oh, that wasn't just just about me and my experience. Like, that was life. And even in in the times in which people didn't agree with me or I had a really hard time working with someone, when it's time to say goodbye, like you see them, like oh, you're a person, mm-hmm. and there's something to be thankful for, even. Even in the rough and toughness of, of a situation, see ya. You're, you, I have to like recognize someone's humanity when I say bye. Right, because at, at goodbye is like being struck with the with the realization that all the ways in which we thought the relationship was utilitarian are mm. no longer applicable. Right. right, like I'm not depending on this person for a salary not depending on this person for a good review at the end of the year. I'm not re- depending on this person for a recommendation. None of, none of that stuff's in play anymore. And so it takes kind of like all of those lower drives off the table. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's why that goodbyes then become so hard. It's one thing if you recognize the humanity of someone and like the beauty and the mystery of a, of a situation and of a relationship while it was happening. It's another thing when you realize you invested in someone, even someone you might not have enjoyed, and you realize that there's something bigger than the utilitarian ways that you saw them. Maybe it's a salary. Maybe it's a recommendation. Maybe it's a friendship just because you guys would, would have fun together and it wasn't like anything deep. And then you realize, oh, like that's gone now. They're yeah. going to, they're going to do their own thing. It's not going to be, it's not going to be the same anymore. I, I think that's why people, at least for me, it's been like, I, I'm going to deny that this goodbye hurts or that, that it's going to be, that it should be easier than it is because I don't want to, I don't want to say, I don't want to realize that this actually was incredibly meaningful to me. I think for me, memories are a, memories are a difficult thing because some memories are really awesome, like times with your family or times with really good friends uh, in your last year of college or whatever it might be. And then there might have been times in your memory of really difficult stuff, stuff that maybe you don't want to remember, rather forget or uh, whatever, uh, difficult memories. I find with goodbyes for them to be helpful is I have to be willing to remember them. I have to be willing to remember all of it, not just the good stuff, not just the bad stuff, but all of it. Because I think in the remembering, it actually it actually invites me 
to it informs the way in which I move forward. It informs the way I love moving on. It informs the way in which I uh, put myself out there moving on because I understand the consequence of it. Um, different from recalling where it's just like, oh, that happened to remember, to actually put back in my present life, my past experiences, which would require gratitude, which would require being honest about what has happened, allows me to move forward well. I think the remembering is what can be difficult when saying goodbye, because there's just some stuff we'd rather forget. Right. And it's like our view in the present, in some ways, it's like black, black and white. Mm -hmm. And that idea of remembering, of, of re-piecing together what the experience was, it's like adding splashes of color to our view. Yes. But maybe, yeah, good. It's hard work Mm -hmm. because like you said, it's, it's sometimes it's pleasant to remember the good things, but like we talked about last week, it remembering the good things is not this sort of superficial, uh, ego inflation Mm -hmm. where it's like, Oh man, that was so great. Like look at how awesome that was. It's -hmm. more like when you remember how great something was, there's also like a sadness in it because you no longer have it. Correct. Like it's no longer the reality of the now. Yes. So a a, a goodbye would require remembering, which would require a morning, right? It would require a morning of not just of good memories uh, that are no longer, but of bad memories that are friendships that were lost or expectations that weren't met and be like that in one way or another, all of it is a gift that has shaped me in one way. And it's a gift that has shaped me. And if I allow it to shape me, it can shape where I move on from here. It's the denial of remembering, I think, is the hard part of saying goodbye. Because I think, right. especially in our, especially in a culture of just like strength, and I can do this on my own, remembering is too vulnerable. Right. So don't, don't remember stuff. Keep moving forward. The thing is, if you don't remember, you lose the sense of self. You forget who you are. You forget what has shaped you. Right. Good and bad experience alike. Yeah, and it's it's the question of whether or not we want to add more colors to the palette. Mm-hmm. I know how black and white my view is. Yeah. Right? And it's in some ways, it's comfortable. Yeah. Right? To know what I know. Yeah. And so then the question becomes like, do I, do I want this to be deeper going forward or would I rather just kind of replay the past? And I think in that, in that experience that you're talking about, that sort of dwelling with what has come before, it gives us the opportunity to, to add to the palette, to see things in a new way going forward that we couldn't have done in the past. I think you said it correctly. Remembering is not just replaying the past, right? It's actually healing a memory healing the way in which we we think about what has happened in the past seeing it differently holding it differently i remember when i was in boston uh, in grad school uh, i had this this job that was just like was something i just i just really did not enjoy my job while i was in boston and i remember the last couple days before leaving town i felt compelled to walk all over town and like go downtown to boston the commons all these places where my friends and i were having a great time and in this like seven hour walk i I also included walking by the office that I would be so like allergic to because I hated mm-hmm. it so much. And when I revisited the place, knowing it was over, knowing it was done, I actually was able to see, I, I was actually able to reflect on who were you when you were angry during that time? What was going on? What was outside of the situation? Mm-hmm. That was like, I, I was able to see it in a larger way, not just reliving the painful experience that I had at that job, but like, 
those, like I said, those people had lives too. They, they, there was probably some complexity happening in their life as well. It allowed me to heal the way in which I understood that context right. by remembering it well, mm. not necessarily reliving the pain of it. Which allowed me to say goodbye. Yeah. second segment of points of connection we're joined again by father pete mccormick csc director of campus ministry at the university of notre dame this is like we said our final episode of the season where we're talking about goodbyes and the ways in which we've said goodbye well and uh, the ways in which we can aspire to say goodbye well thanks for being with us father pete Man, I, I have, I've never been invited back to a podcast with this much frequency, and so <laughs> I, uh, I'm really grateful. It, it could be the fact that we all work together and you feel some way obligated to continue to invite me back, but to the degree I, that yeah. I've been helpful, it's been an honor. I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, uh, that's exactly why you're invited back to <laughs> Um, <laughs> from the most sincere places. Uh <laughs> You, you've lived, you, you've, you've been a lot of different places as in your time as a priest and in your time in this, in the congregation. Uh, what were, what, what are your stories of saying goodbye to communities, to people, anything come up as, as we kind of send off this class of 2020, what have been times where you've had to say goodbye to people, to places, to something? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such an important aspect of, of our own lived experience, the art of a good goodbye where I oftentimes think most back to is my time as a residence hall rector. So I was the rector of Keogh Hall for six years. And, you know, the first year, you're just grateful that you got through, frankly. (laughs) But then what begins to happen is, is that you, as the years progress, you watch freshmen turn to sophomores, and then all of a sudden they're at commencement. And you're looking at this grown man, and you remember when he had just arrived, and that's when the goodbye hits you most square. And I, I readily admit this, that some of the most depressing days for me were actually always wrapped up in those commencement exercises. I would go into a funk that would typically last just about a week, maybe even a little bit longer, because watching these folks, and, and, and I had done this long enough to know that folks are going to say, oh, we'll stay in touch, or... You know, I'll see you at the next football game or whatever. But but I knew from experience, life has a way of carrying people off in the different paths. And so as I evolved as a rector, one of the things that I really emphasized was pulling guys aside and saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I wish you the very best. And, and I think that that was, that was something that was always painful because it was... Um, Really, truly, my mom had always said this to me. There was a line that she would use, which was, to love someone well is to let them go. Mm. Uh, To let them go and and pursue whatever path they are ultimately going to go out and take. And um, and that was something that I would have to practice. So one of the ways that I I sought to love people well uh, was to say goodbye to them and to be grateful for 
the four years, the three years, the two years, whatever the situation was. Um, but truly, uh, the art of a good goodbye is painful because the temptation is always going to be to say things like, hey, I'll see you whenever and all that type of stuff. And, and, and you may. But if you don't offer the goodbye, you also miss the opportunity to, to share with that person what they meant to you in that particular period of time. And, and I think that that's the, that's the type of encounter that has a resonance that could carry over someone's entire life. Hmm. I don't know if it's yeah. a guy thing, but that's exactly why I, what I try to avoid, right? I don't want to have to right. like look at the feelings of this, like, you've meant something to me. Uh, just living day-to-day life and interacting with you has meant something. That's just, for, for me, that's what's hard about saying goodbye. I have to be honest about feelings. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's a guy thing or a me thing, but like that, that's, a, that's, that's for me is, is the kicker. I wonder, Christian, and you're so good about this, but I wonder if it's a vulnerability thing. Uh-huh, fair you know, enough. <laughs> you know, it's this, I'm going to open myself up to you in a way that says um, you have made an impact in my life. And, and, and furthermore, I don't have the expectation that that's reciprocal, mm-hmm. but I need you to know on, on some level that this relationship has meant something to me, and, and I want you to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we were talking earlier about the, the process of goodbye, right? Because yeah. it's so easy to think that goodbye is one moment where you just, you say farewell and, and that's it. But there's this whole posture that we can start to take that, that begins even months or years ahead of the goodbye. Mm. And I think I, as you're talking about the experience of being a rector, you know, you're really thinking about the guys over the context of this longer period of time. Like what, yep. what, what have you, what have you kind of learned about the process that that you have undertaken in order to, um, you know, effectively move people along. The benefit that I would have as a rector, and of course, there's a power dynamic there, right? That I was I was the hall rector, and and I was the one who was going to stay put. Um, they would have the opportunity to come back and visit me. Mm-hmm. And so what I what I found was is that for them, so much of their world was changing. I was one of a series of goodbyes that they would ultimately have over the course of that particular commencement weekend. And I would always say this to, especially the seniors, listen, if you're going to have, and if you're meaning to have a a real kind of heartfelt conversation with any of your friends, do not wait till 24 hours before commencement. (laughs) Like so much is swirling at that point. Your family's there and aunt Matilda's there and they all want your time and attention um, at Notre Dame, we have this beautiful thing called senior week. So seniors stay and they have the chance to just enjoy one another and be on campus together. And, and so I would always say to them, listen, you need to be proactive and thoughtful about really having conversations. And so one of the ministries that I was able to partake in as a, as a hall rector was really encouraging them to have these types of meaningful conversations. Yes, of course, these are their friends. And yes, of course, they're going to remain in contact. But let's be very clear. A chapter is closing at this precise moment. So make a point of noting that and marking it and being grateful for it. And then, you know, you can see where life is going to take you. But I don't, I don't know that there's a single person out there who was courageous enough to have a, a strong conversation around a goodbye that was vulnerable and heartfelt that looks back on that with regret. I just think that we ultimately are grateful that we were able to to ultimately speak about the things that matter most. Gentlemen, we find ourselves in a situation where many of the people that uh, are having to say goodbye to one another um, might not be able to do it in the way they wanted to. Uh, right. 
and yet the desire to have these moments of honesty and truth about what people meant to us uh, still remains. What do we think? Like, how do we, uh, how might we accompany people during this time, particularly the class of 2020? Like, are, are there ways, are there things that we can help with in terms of accompanying them of how do we, how do they say goodbye? How do we say goodbye well, given these, this particular circumstance? You put, you put your finger on the pulse of something that is so, so tough. I mean, think about our situation and obviously classes of 2020 all had different unique experiences, but in ours, right, we ultimately had the great diaspora begin over spring break. So this, this period of time post spring break up until commencement is usually a time for seniors to do a bit of a victory tour and have the type of conversations that we've been having thus far. Um, I think just even being able to name the fact that that traditional goodbye has not occurred and to even think about what does it mean to mourn that loss is, is actually not a bad posture to at least start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think part of that naming, uh, I would imagine too, is um, recognizing that all of us have this urge to not want to say the goodbyes. And it's easy during this time where you're like, you're already yeah. home, you're out, you're gone from here and be like, nah, that was just a thing. It doesn't matter. Like uh, we'll see them again soon. And to actually say, no, I have to somehow share with people the honest feelings, writing letters, giving them a phone call, telling people what they meant to me. I think yeah. that that in the times in which I've said goodbye best, uh, regardless of the circumstances, and clearly this one is unprecedented, it always invited me to to be vulnerable, even though it was tough. And so I think all of us are feeling this, regardless of graduating or not, That's that right. this is a time where we have to keep embracing what courage looks like and what vulnerability looks like in a particular way when it's time to say goodbye in this unprecedented circumstance. I had an interesting Zoom conversation yesterday with a graduating senior that I've grown close to over the years. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. She was, she was so kind and thoughtful, and it was so wonderful to connect in these days leading up to commencement. But um, I just thought to myself, what a blessing even this format is for a student to be as thoughtful as she was to reach out and say, hey, can we find some time just to, just to touch base uh, before commencement happens. And I, and I think to myself, these are, and maybe I guess is what I'm building myself up to is to say that we need to one, be thoughtful, but two, to realize that these encounters are precious and they are gifts. Um, and, and we can so often get caught up in, in the way that we wish they were or the way they wish it would have looked, but, but God is present in the moment. So how are we able to receive that gift even if it's in the form of a Zoom conversation or a phone call or a letter, these are all incredible gifts and ways of ultimately kind of meeting that fundamental human need. So as we end our final episode of Points of Connection, uh, if we had the opportunity to give our farewell, our kind of sending off our goodbyes to the class of 2020, in a short uh, phrase or a couple of words here, uh, what are our parting thoughts to uh, a group of people who have made an impact on our life? That's a great question. And there's so much to say. Um, I think what I would ultimately want to say to the class of 2020 is thank you. You know, I, I always have the opportunity to say this to some folks and it's this, that the reason I, I serve as a priest here at the university of Notre Dame is not because I enjoy sending emails or sitting in on, um, meetings. It's because of the students and, and watching their growth, watching their creativity, watching the, the, the radical way that they they embrace this world and and are willing to change seemingly on a 
uh, in a moment's notice, if they all of a sudden realize that there's a there's a new insight that they themselves hadn't thought of yet or grappled with, uh, that that constant um, zeal and energy just feeds my soul. And and I and I think to myself, I could not be the priest that I am today without them. So it truly is a word of gratitude uh, to each of them and and God's abundant blessings upon them as they journey forth. And that's all the time we have on this week's episode of Points of Connection. Uh, We want to thank you for being with us on this journey over the last few weeks. Um, This is the end of Season 1 of Points of Connection, and we really are grateful for the ways in which you've journeyed with us as we've hoped to grapple with these questions of faith in these times of uncertainty. Um, We want to end it with this. All the best to you, to the class of 2020, and hopefully we'll see you at another season on Points of Connection. May you continue to hold things that don't go together within the context of faith. On behalf of J.J. Wright, I'm Christian Santa Maria. To our guest, Father Pete McCormick, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. This is Points of Connection, a production of Campus Ministry at the University of Notre Dame.